Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast Prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Have you found yourself feeling confused lately? If you find yourself flipping through the channels or swiping through news feeds and finding 20 conflicting opinions over the same issue, that's not an accident. As Pastor J.D. will explain in today's message, Satan loves to use confusion to sow fear and discord. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 3rd, 2020. Welcome to our weekly Bible Prophecy Update. Today, I want to draw your attention to a specific prophecy found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, which we'll get to shortly. You can make your way there so you're ready when we do. What I'm hoping to accomplish in our time together today is explain from Scripture what this global crisis is really about. For the last month, we've addressed the prophetic significance of this crisis and how it seems to be leading towards this new world order, which the Bible foretells in Revelation and other prophecy passages in the Bible. We're told of a global leader controlling a global government, a global digital economy, and a global religion under the banner of this one world or new world order. Now, it seems that many are starting to see this. However, the increasing chorus of voices daring to talk about this are being dismissed at best and censored and silenced at worst. And this, under the banner of being conspiracy theories, propagated by those who portray any dissenter or protester as wearing tinfoil hats. It's for this reason that I painstakingly verified the authenticity of all the information and quotes that I've cited in previous updates. And I'm also very thankful to many of you who have helped me in that regard. There's just so much. I mean, the information is so voluminous. There is simply not enough time to vet everything. I have to confess that I'm a little taken back by the swiftness with which new information is coming to the surface 
concerning this crisis. We now know that the numbers projected in early March aren't anywhere near what we were told they would be. And for many, it's not adding up. Something doesn't quite smell right, if you will. There are also reports that COVID-19 is not a threat for children under 10 who are not transmitters of the disease. It's also being reported that herd immunity, herd H-E-R-D immunity, is reached safely when there are less restrictive measures in place. Yet here in the United States, over 30 million Americans are out of work vis-a-vis these draconian measures to shut down and lock down. And if this weren't bad enough, even with the curve flattening, which they told us about, in some states lockdown orders are not only being extended, they're being enforced. Yesterday Fox News published a report about Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot threatening that police will issue citations and possibly arrest any resident who fails to follow stay-at-home orders. This, as Chicago has released, get this, over 1,300 inmates. Here's a quote from the mayor, quoting, We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you, and we will take you to jail." Close quote. This is heartbreaking. I, on Friday, was going through my Twitter feed, and I came upon this KHON2 News tweet about a newlywed California couple being arrested here in Hawaii for violating the state mandatory traveler self-quarantine mandate. I feel so bad for this couple. I think you would agree that there's something else going on here, and it's led to much in the way of consternation and confusion, particularly confusion I'm personally of the belief that the confusion is from none other than the author of confusion, the devil himself, which to me furthers the deceptive narrative while silencing any opposition to said narrative. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it seems that it's going to get worse. On Tuesday, Tucker Carlson railed against the, quote, ludicrous measures taken by leading technology companies who claim to be combating misinformation about the coronavirus pandemic. Quoting Carlson, we're not entirely sure what the perfect response to this pandemic is, 
There is no objective answer at the moment. At best, we can plot along with open minds in good faith. More informed debate is actually exactly what we need to make wise decisions going forward. Unfortunately, for all of us, informed debate is exactly what the authorities don't want. They want unquestioned obedience, so they are cracking down on free expression. I suppose it should come as no surprise that there are now growing protests nationwide to end the lockdown and open back up. Fox News reported on how the coronavirus stay-at-home orders were stirring protests nationwide amid fears of a total economic collapse. People want to get back to work. What caught my attention in the report was a statement made by Mishan Maddock, who is an organizer of one such protest in Michigan. She's with the Michigan Conservative Coalition. She told Fox News, and I quote, listen to this, quarantine is when you restrict movement of sick people. Tyranny is when you restrict the movement of healthy people. Well, it seems that she and many others like her are in good company with the likes of none other than billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk, who according to Arut Sheva on Friday called the coronavirus lockdowns fascist and unconstitutional. Here's a quote verbatim from Musk in a radio interview, quoting, So the expansion of the shelter-in-place, or as we call it, forcibly imprisoning people in their homes against all their constitutional rights, is in my opinion, and breaking people's freedoms in ways that are horrible and wrong, and not why people came to America or built this country. Excuse me? It's an outrage. It's an outrage. It will cause loss, great, great harm. I would argue that it's not that it will. I truly believe it already has. The question now becomes one of how soon will the country open up? Maybe the question needs to be asked, will it even ever open up? Some states are now slowly beginning to open back up, but I suppose the jury is still out on whether or not the damage has already been done. I would argue that it in fact has. And the reason I say that is because the shutdown slash lockdown may have already caused an ensuing collapse from which the entire world will likely never recover from. I would submit 
that one need look no further than just to the headlines from just the last few days. In fact, most of the headlines that I want to share with you, just the headlines came from just a period of about 48 hours. And the common denominator with all of them is (laughs) the worst is yet to come. Here's the first one. As quarantine fatigue spreads, Fauci says second wave of coronavirus is inevitable, quote unquote. Here's another one. Absent vaccine, airline industry may be gutted for years. GDP sinks 4.8% in the first quarter, biggest drop since 2008, and there is worse to come. Fed chair to Congress, do whatever it takes to keep the economy from collapse. Again, just the headlines. Here's another one. Nearly half of global workforce risk losing livelihoods in pandemic. That's not America, that's the entire world, global. Here's a ominous one. UN warns. Coronavirus fallout will lead to the next pandemic, global starvation. Losing it, 72% of lockdown Americans say they'll reach breaking point by mid-June. Millions of pigs, chickens, and cattle are being euthanized while the media warns shortages are coming. And this last one, and I am going to read this last for a reason. I think you'll see why here in a moment. This is the headline now. Exasperation grows over delays trying to sign up for unemployment. People have no food are talking about suicide. If you're thinking like this, I want to encourage you. I have good news for you. Suicide is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. God loves you. God created you. God has a plan for you, a future plan for you. He came in the form of a man, and we're going to talk about this at the end, And He went to that cross, and He died for all our sins, paid in full to save us and deliver us and take us out of this world. It is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And I'll take it a step further and suggest that the reason you're watching this video is for just this time. This is the time for you to turn to Jesus. If you had any idea how much He loves you, He loves you so much. God so loved the world, God so loved you, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, I realize that this is very bad news, but I've often said, and I know it's not proper English, the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. And yes, this is bad news, but the gooder news is that Jesus came to save us. 
we are not going to be wiped out in this world, we're going to be taken out of this world. This fallen evil world is not our final destination. I believe, and I've shared this, and I'm going to share it again, but I truly believe that one of the main reasons that God has allowed this global crisis, planned or not, is to remind us of this one truth. Here's the truth. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. And I think as Christians we do err greatly when we plant the roots of our lives too deeply into the temporal soil of this earth. The things of this world are passing away sooner, I believe, than any of us could possibly imagine. Well, this brings me back to the question of what's really going on here? What is this really about? And here's the answer. This is about the soon return of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church. I'm going to say it again. Everything that's going on, everything that's happening, this global crisis, the likes of which we've never seen before, nor are likely to ever see again, is about the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. And I'll explain how I get there, if you'll kindly indulge me and bear with me. Enter what I would argue is one of the most profound prophetic passages in the Bible, found in, of all places, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I say it like that because prior to this pandemic, we were going through 2 Thessalonians. We were almost done with chapter 1, and I was so looking forward to chapter 2 for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. And then this crisis hit, and I'd been sitting on this for the better part of a month, praying about this, asking the Lord about this. Lord, I I see that the delay in getting to Second Thessalonians 2 was really sort of divine in the sense that what we're seeing now, I believe, is exactly what Second Thessalonians 2 describes. Now, we're not going to go through this in depth today. It's not my intention to teach this passage expositionally, but I do want to take and tackle verses 1 through 12 of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I am still hoping, Lord willing, to expound on this chapter, particularly verse 3, and I'll explain why in a moment. But it is my belief that right now this chapter in God's Word, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, has never been more important than it is now. I do need to preface this first by encouraging you 
to get your hands on a copy of a book that was written by Dr. Andy Woods titled, The Falling Away, Spiritual Departure or Physical Rapture, A Second Look at 2 Thessalonians 2.3. In it, he presents 10 reasons as to why the falling away, often referred to as the great apostasy, is actually speaking of the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. Now why is this important? Because it has the potential to change the entire complexion of this profound prophecy in God's Word. So again, bear with me. I appreciate your patience with me. I want to read verses 1 through 12, and then make a couple of comments concerning its application to what we are seeing in the world today. Now, Paul again is writing. It's his second letter to this church in Thessalonica. It's believed it was about a year after. i got to give you the backstory here. It was about a year after his first letter, which by the way was his first letter. The very first letter that the Apostle Paul wrote by the Holy Spirit was to the church in Thessalonica. And in our study through 1 Thessalonians, it became abundantly clear that Paul loved these new believers there in Thessalonica so much, and he longed to go back there, but couldn't. He was actually (laughs) ran out of town. Some believe that he may have only been there for about three weeks, three Sabbaths, a month, maybe a little bit more, but not much more than a a month or so. And so he's ran out of town, but he has such a, a love for these believers there in this church. And what's really striking to me about First and Second Thessalonians is, this is a, a young church. These are new believers in that young church. And would you believe that the Apostle Paul had the audacity to teach them this new church with new believers in a period of maybe a month, he had the audacity to teach them about the pre-tribulation rapture. No! I think that speaks volumes. And so he writes the second letter because apparently between the first and the second letter, somebody forged a letter as if from Paul saying, sorry, I know Paul taught you about the rapture, but you missed it. And they are freaking out, for lack of a better way of saying it. So Paul writes by the Holy Spirit this second letter, and it's the second chapter in the second letter that has such specificity concerning prophecy that I think any Christian who believes in the pre-tribulation rapture would be grossly remiss were they not to understand this particular passage in God's Word. Thanks for joining us for this special Mid-East Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. 
All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.